a standard, is an agreed-on norm, is a requirement. We're all very familiar with standards, aren't we? We're all very familiar with standards. I mean, here's a standard. It's a ruler. It's a standard. It's got inches and marks and feet and numbers. And, and, and we understand this. We understand that, that we can take something and we can, we can use it to measure something with. You know, there's an, there's the, under the Department of Commerce in Washington, D.C., there's an office of standards and weights. And the Office of Standards and Weights, they're the ones that say, all right, you can sell this at the store because it has the right markings on it. It's the right number for an inch. It's the right number for a foot. It has the right sayings on it. You can sell this at the store. And then we, the consumer, we can go in and we can buy one of these. And we can understand that when you measure an inch, well, it'll be an inch. Because it's been proven to be the, the norm, the, the, the standard you who are uh, out in the world working, you understand that. Many organizations, many places of business have, have standards. Many of you are teachers, aren't you? Now, from what I understand from some of the teachers that, that, that uh, attend here, y'all got a lot more standards on you this year, don't you? Y'all got a lot more that's been put on you, and you've got to con- conform to those standards uh, because the principal is, is looking at you, isn't he? He's, he's put these different new standards upon you and you've got to conform to them or you're not right with the educational system, are you? They want the students to know these certain standards. We can understand that. We can understand that, that uh, there are standards, unwritten, written standards that we have to strive for. Many of you are students. You understand that if you want to go to college... After your secondary education, you must meet certain standards. Y'all are, some of y'all are taking the SAT. Some of y'all are taking the ACT. Colleges accept certain numbers, don't they? If you don't have that number, you're not going to get into that college. You must meet the standards. If you're in college, or some of you that are in college, some of you are on scholarships. I, I know some of you that are applying for scholarships right now. If you don't meet the standards of the scholarship of the educational system there, you'll lose it. You've got to meet the standard, don't you? Everybody's got standards. Everybody does. Your boss, if you've got a job, he has a standard. You've got to be on time, don't you? Some of you are salespeople. You've got to meet your quota, don't you? You've got to dress a certain way maybe at your job. You've got to meet that standard. If you don't dress that certain way, if you don't show up on time, if you don't uh, do the job that's required, you'll be fired. We understand that. There's a, there's a standard that you've got to go by in your job. Those who own your own business, your customer, it, it, they determine your standard. If you meet their standard, they buy your goods and services. If you don't meet the customer's standards, well, we go elsewhere, don't we? We'll find somebody else who, who has, a, has a better product, who meets our standard better of what that product should be. Why is it, do you think, that people are shocked when you say that, that God has a standard of living? Why do you, why do you think people are shocked to, to, to know that God has a standard for you to live by today? 
When we say there's only one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one church. What? How can you say that? How can you say there's only one church? Well, the Bible tells me so. God's standard tells me so. I can only know that by God's standard. Why should religion be any different than anything else? Why are so many angered by the fact that God has a standard of living that must be met? People get angry when you tell them that. They do. If there is no standard, any old doctrine or any old practice in religion could be considered legitimate. I mean, just as a casual glance, just look at the religious landscape in the Portland area. People don't follow the standard. Utter confusion reigns. So many denominations, so many different beliefs. Why? Why are there so many different beliefs? Why are there so many different denominations? Why? Why does one person see one thing one way and the other person sees another thing another way? If we're going to grow spiritually here together at Fountainhead, and that's what we're going to be trying to do here this year. We're going to, we're going to sow the Word of God, work together, and, and grow together as God causes the increase. If we're going to do that together here at Fountainhead, we've got to use the spiritual standard. That God has given us. Growing together spiritually needs a needs it needs a plan. It needs a purpose. And we need to understand the power that comes from growing together. Comes from unity. We understand need to understand that power. Because the same standard is not used in our society, many won't or they can't or they don't grow. But God has a plan for us to to grow together. And that plan is only found in God's God's standard, the Bible. We know that God is not the author of confusion. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33. And God is good. He gives us a, a standard by which we can live, by which we can grow. Uh, Philippians chapter 1 verse 27, it says, "Conduct we're to conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Our standard says that those in Corinth were told in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 10, speak the same thing. That was a command. How do we know to speak the same thing? How do we know what things to speak? In this passage in 1 Corinthians, Paul points out the result of not speaking the same thing. Division, that's what happens, which is displeasing to God. God hates division. When one rejects the inspired standard of God's Word, spiritual growth is stunted or even, or even killed. The one true church will believe in in uniting under the one true standard, and that's God's Word. There's only one true standard, and it's God's Word. 
This is a plea to return to the Bible as our only standard for spiritual authority. I'm pleading with you. If, 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 if I've made you mad, come talk to me. Don't walk away mad, please. You, you need to understand the love that's behind what I'm saying. Please, don't walk away mad. Understand the love that's behind what I'm saying. This is a plea to return to the Bible as our only standard for spiritual authority. Let's, let's grow together. Let's grow together using the same standard. Let's all decide that we're going to do that this year. Let's follow God's plan for, for spiritual growth. It's God's plan. Spiritual, spirituality has been defined as that relationship between, between deity and man. And that's the way that I use it. I use it as this relationship, that relationship between, between God and me. Not, but I don't look at the relationship really between God and you. I look at the relationship between God and me. How is that relationship? It's got to be good. In my life and your life. This is exactly what Jesus prayed for. He, he wants us to have that unity with, with God and Him and with each other. He prayed for it. John chapter 17 verse 21. He prayed for us that we would all be one just as you, Father, are in me and I in you. I pray that, we, that they will be in us just so that the world will believe that you sent me. That's what Jesus wants for us. He wants us to be one. And we do that by using God's, God's standard. Paul wrote to the Ephesians and the letter in one word was about unity. Growing together spiritually. Being unified. It's pleasing to God. God loves that. God loves it when His children are unified. God loves it when His children are together. God doesn't like it. when Do you like it when your children fight? Do you like it when your children fuss? God doesn't either. He doesn't like us to fuss and fight. He likes us to be unified. Because then He is glorified. Being unified is pleasing to God. And God has set the plan for us to grow together in motion. But it's, but it's up to us to obey. It's up to us to work the plan. Okay? In Ephesians chapter 2, Paul said, Once you were separated from, from, from God's true people, verse 12, having no hope and without God in the world, but now in Christ Jesus, you who used to be far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Those of us in Christ must grow together because there is only one Christ. There's only one Jesus. There only ever will be one Jesus Christ. We've been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. There's only one. We are called together by the gospel. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 14, because we have been chosen from the beginning for salvation. Those of us in Christ Jesus have been chosen since the beginning for salvation. If you're in Christ Jesus. In Ephesians chapter 4, Paul urges us to live worthily by the calling which you have been called. And, and here we see the plan unfold. God's plan for our spiritual growth. Verse 2, we need humility. We need humility. We need patience. We need to bear with one another in love. We need to, we need to grow together. 
We need to make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And we do that by following God's standard. God's standard for living. Because there's only one body. There's only one Spirit. There's only one hope. There's only one baptism. There's only one faith. There's only one God. God is the author of the perfect plan. But man, man becomes discontent. James says, James chapter 4 verse 1, What is the source of quarrels and conflicts among you? Is not the source your pleasures that you wade war in your members? There, was, you know, there are so many in Portland today who met yesterday and are meeting today and think they are pleasing to God. Does it matter? Does it matter what standard you use? Does it matter? If I was going to measure this screen right here or this bench right here, and it, it, it well, let's say this if you were at the emergency room like my wife was, and that little girl, that little nurse, she drew a, a vial of, of medicine for my wife. Too much would have killed her. Too little wouldn't have helped her. They gave her just the right amount. And I saw her smile for the first time in two weeks. Yeah, it matters. The standard matters. The standard by which we live by, which we are governed by, it matters. Let me tell you something. Too much will kill you. Too little won't get you there. You've got to use the right standard. So many say, just attend the church of your choice. Live and let live. Does that agree with what God's standard says? You know, how many wars have been fought? How many wars have been fought? Let's just look at World War II, a world war. How many were on the German side praying to God that they would win? How many were on the American side praying to God that they would win? Somebody was wrong. Abraham Lincoln said this. He said, in great contests, each party claims to act in accordance with the will of God. Both may be, and one must be wrong. He's right. God cannot be for and against the same thing at the same time. God's not going to split himself over it. There's there's a right way and there's a wrong way. Does it matter? Yes, it matters. Of course it matters. Of course it does. We've got to do things God's way. We've got to follow God's standard. Not our standard. Not what we think. Not what we feel. What does God say about the matter? We need to speak the same thing. To work the plan of spiritual growth, we've got to have the right attitude. Our attitude should consist of being content toward self. You know, Paul said in Philippians chapter 4 verse 11, I have learned in whatsoever state I am in to be content. We need to be that way too. We need to be content. 
to grow together, we've got to be content with ourselves because when you're not, disharmony with others is sure to follow. Our attitude to nurture spiritual growth means being content with ourselves so that we can be content with each other. Jesus said to those in his audience in Matthew chapter 5, verse 23, If therefore you are presenting your offering at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your offering there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and present your offering. When you're not content with your fellow man, division may occur. For God's plan of spiritual growth among ourselves to work, we must be content with ourselves. We must be content with each other. And we must be content with God. A lot of folks, I believe, aren't content with what God says anymore. They want to do things their way. They think their way is the better way. We must be content with God's plan and not go beyond it. Second John 9, whoever transgresses and abides not in the doctrine of Christ has not God. He that abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son. You know, those not content with themselves could divide us. Those not content with others will probably bring division. But those not content with God and His Word will cause division in the church. You're not content with what God says you will cause division in the church. God's plan requires us to be humble, patient, unified. It's God's plan for spiritual growth and the plan guides us toward our purpose. Our purpose. Our purpose for growing together. What is our purpose for growing together? We talked about this a little bit last week. It's so that God is glorified. That's our purpose. So that God is glorified. Not not me. Not you. Not somebody else. God. God is glorified. And we live in His love. This is God's standard. He says, speaking to the disciples, Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 7, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. And just as I have kept the Father's commandments and abide in His love. You know, we can only grow if we abide in the vine. If we abide in Jesus Christ. If we abide in His Word. If we abide in His love. That's the only way we can grow, Fountainhead. Jesus Christ gives us purpose. He gives us meaning. And God is glorified by our growth as we live in His love. In God's standard, we strive in our spiritual growth to be one. We strive to bear much fruit by going into all the world and preaching the gospel to every creature and thus bind all we can to the, to the, same, to the same standard. It's my hope for you this morning that you'll understand God's standard and, and, and bind yourself to it. Obey it is what I mean. God's mind, God's words, 
It's God's plan. It's God's standard. It's God who will be glorified. That's our purpose. Our plan for spiritual growth is God's plan. Our purpose in growing spiritually is God's purpose. And the power behind our growth is God's power. It's God's plan. Our purpose is God. And it's God's power. It's all about God. It's not about us. There is Ephesians chapter 4 verse 6. One God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. This power is seen in our assembly today. Together here we stand firm in one spirit with one mind and strive together for the faith of the gospel. Philippians chapter 1 verse 27. God's power is seen in our spiritual growth. Jesus prayed that we would be one. That... that that they will be one in us so that the world will believe that you, that you sent me, is what Jesus prayed. In the Bible, God's standard, we find God's plan, its purpose. And when we, we put it into practice, God's power is revealed. We want all here to understand that we're going to grow together using God's plan, God's purpose, God's power found in God's standard, the right standard, God's word. God's Word, it's there that you can find the plan, the purpose, and the power for beginning to grow spiritually with all your brothers and sisters here. There's only one body, the church, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 22. There's only one Spirit, the Holy Spirit, John chapter 15, verse 26. There's only one hope, heaven, 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. There is only one Lord, Jesus Christ, Matthew chapter 16, verse 16. There's only one faith, the belief system that God left for us to live by, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. There's only one baptism, which is the defining act of salvation, Acts chapter 2, verse 36. I find all this out because I look into the standard for right living, the right standard, God's standard. I can't know it without it. Our standard for spiritual growth says there's only one God and He must be obeyed. The right thing to do is to obey. You know, agree with the standard. That's what you need to do. Agree with the standard. The right standard. God's standard. Measure your life this morning by God's standard. Do you fall short? Is it too much? Measure your life. It's my hope that if you, if you don't measure up, that you'll make sure you do today. If you need to be baptized, we want to help you with that. If you need us to pray with you, if you need us to pray for you, we, we want to help you with that. Whatever your need is this morning, won't you come forward as we sing?